brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball. I'm John Manuel, Kyle Glazer, J.J. Cooper. We're on a Baseball America podcast. We're Facebook Living this for however long we go on Facebook Live. So you can send us your questions at uh, Facebook if you're, uh, you know, for all the time. It's Facebook.com slash Baseball America Mag is the address. Um, guys, we had one National League Division Series settled yesterday. We had one still to go. The one that was, uh, they were both decided, both games yesterday by six to five scores. And we're going to start off. Yeah, we're yeah. going to start off with the Cubs game um, because that series is settled. And for me, uh, and I've, I've I had my brother and my nephew are in town. They're national season ticket holders, so I got the view of watching the game. That game with Nationals fans, which was interesting. Um, but it feels like when you watch a Cubs game, you're watching with all the Cubs fans if you're viewing Twitter <laughs> because there's a lot of people with vested interest in the Cubs. It seems to include the commissioner, Commissioner Manfred, quoted the other day talking about what it would mean for baseball if the Cubs won. Um, but that se- I, I don't know if I'm supposed to believe in these or not, but it does feel like, as a Carolina basketball fan, I know I always used to feel like you have to have one tough game out of those six if you're going to win the national championship. It feels like you always have to have a tough series or overcome a little adversity to win a championship, and the Cubs did it, I think, in this series. And they did it yesterday, and you're down 5-2, and Matt Moore shoved against you for eight innings. Um, I don't know if you can call the Giants bullpen adversity, but a three-run deficit with three outs to go is adversity, and and they overcame it. You know, I think with the Cubs, you talk about they were a team that had all the pressure on them. The Giants are playoff-tested, battle-tested, had nothing to lose, and I felt like this was a series where the pressure was on the Cubs to live up to the, hey, we won 103 games. Hey, we're gonna. this is the year we're going to beat the curse. And to me, this was a dangerous matchup for them because you were still going to have to face Bumgarner and Cueto and a really, really playoff-tested group of guys yeah. who, again, they were playing for gravy at that point because they were an 87-win wildcard team and they were going to be the underdog the rest of the way through. And I think the combination of how they lost Game 3 bounce a game where they got to Madison Bumgarner right. and still lost. <laughs> and then to come back the way they did last night, Giants bullpen or not, I think was really, really, you know, promising for them moving forward. I, I think you just saw a lot of what makes the Cubs the, the team to beat. Uh, I think clearly the team to beat in this series. I mean, Javier Baez is a regular who's not a regular, but he's a right re- but Javier Baez is probably the most fun thing to watch in the playoffs. I mean, he's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like you pick something. He has some some of the things he does seem seem like a human couldn't do. Yeah. Right? So you could go that but, way. But it really is. But you know, again, let's start with dissecting the ninth inning, the craziness that was the ninth inning. Sign that you're not really confident in your bullpen. I mean, sign of you know the the Giants. I do think when you talk about starting pitching, you set it up. They match up pretty well with anyone. I mean, Bumgarner, Cueto. And Matt Moore pitching, because I do want us to talk a little bit Especially about Matt Moore. Especially since September. He's been a bona fide ace. He's looked like Cy Young contender Matt Moore since September. So you have those three guys pitching like they've pitched. But 
When you use five relievers in the ninth inning, there's one thing about using your best matchups and all. And none of them and was, none of them. None of them was Santiago Casilla, the guy who was your closer for the first, what, two-thirds of the year? But when you use five relievers in the ninth inning, that's not a good sign. I mean, that's just... And it was it, it was one of those things where it, we've seen it. I mean, the reality is, is the Giants' bullpen was the nightmare for the Giants pretty much the whole season. Yes, they lost. The Cubs lost the game before, you know. But at the same time, in that game, they basically tied it up in the ninth inning because the Giants' bullpen is is the weak link. I do think when you look at that Cubs' bullpen, again, it was one of those things where advantage bullpen Cubs, it was one of the advantages that played a significant part in this series. And, and you, you just look at that Cubs' lineup, it is a lineup that, it's hard to play matchup. It's hard to say, here's the weak spot. You don't yeah. get a break. And that's why it bothered me, actually. You know, Bruce Bochy is a Hall of Fame manager. He is one of the best managers of all time, particularly in managing late-game situations. But you have Matt Moore carving these guys up, knowing that you have a bullpen that, including last night, 32 blown saves this year. Yeah. Cassia, nine blown saves. Hunter Strickland, five. Will Smith, five. The gotta, one option you go gotta, with. Got to disagree with that. Mark Mauer was at 120 pitches already. But he's gone 133. And if I also think right, that but, this is the postseason. There is no tomorrow. You have I'm a not, guy who's I'm working. Not, I'm saying with your bullpen, you got to let him finish. I'm saying it would have been Bruce Bochy if he'd have gone out with Matt Moore, who had been carving, but had also had a rough inning with the middle of that lineup before and survived it. But if he's at 120 and he goes out and then all of a sudden even gives up two base runners and then gets pulled, then Bruce Bochy's getting ripped today because, yeah, you let you stay too long with your... The second batter was, was Rizzo. And the first, so Bryant led off. I think it's actually very fair to allow Matt Moore to go back out there because he wasn't a groove. He has thrown 130 pitches in a game. It's not like it was a one-run lead. And, he and, can, and he, he can nobody knows his bullpen better than him. And he knows... How bad his bullpen was, and he knew he didn't trust anyone in that bullpen to get three outs. When you send Derek Law out to face Chris Bryant, who's actually been their most reliable, he's of the been guys. reliable, but he never, <laughs> but he was never going to be allowed to get more than face more than one batter. He was there to get Bryant. Mm-hmm. Lopez was there, so he was going to go match up all the way through. The only person you would think that he would permit to go more than one batter was Romo, because he's been their de facto closer of late. He has playoff tested. You know what you're going to get out of Romo. He's going to he's going to live and die with a slider, and I respect that. But by the, by the but, way, good but, AB by Zobrist in that one. Uh, there, there were lots of good at bats. The whole except for Jason Hayward, there were a lot of good at bats <laughs> for the Cubs. So the the Cubs have one weak spot. It's when Jason Hayward hits, and that was a brutal bunt, a horrible bunt. And so the, still worked out. It's, that's, crazy, that's Cubs luck. It well, still worked out. Well, that's the craziest part for me for the Giants. Of one of the reasons they lost was defense. Brandon Crawford. Brandon Crawford made two errors. I don't know if they were scored, both scored errors, but two errant throws to first base. And just by the, you know. His elbow was d- bothering him. Right. As my dad would say, by the hair of a pig, <laughs> he just missed that home run to right field as well. On a ball that he barreled. I mean, that was I, don't, I, I don't know if it's an official stat of a barrel, but he barreled that ball. So to me, the Giants had to have, they had a lot of things. They had to have most things go well to beat the Cubs because the Cubs are a lot better than the Giants. And the bullpen is one of the biggest separators. But the, the biggest takeaways for me from the Cubs last night were, A, the multi-talents of Javier Baez in the series. B, I think if you're a Cub fan, another most encouraging part is Aroldis Chapman last night was as far – I know it's been several years. This is as far from forward role Aroldis Chapman as I've ever seen. You ever seen Aroldis Chapman that locked in, that intense – 
He was completely business last night. And if I'm a, he's already hard up the face. The only way you can beat Rollis Chapman if he's, if he's in screw around mode. He was in no messing around mode at all last night. That was ferocious Chapman. If he pitches like 90% of that the rest of the time, no one's touching that guy and the Cubs aren't losing. I mean, that was, he was, there was no way the Cubs were touching him in the ninth inning last night. That was, his intensity was uh, Manuelian. Like I am <laughs> right now. I was, I was so impressed by his focus. And you just don't see him do that very often because he doesn't have to. I mean, his stuff is so good. But that that was my takeaways. Javier Baez is a god, and and Aroldis Chapman, it, when he's focused, he's just completely unhittable. So I mean, going forward, I don't know the Nationals or the Dodgers. I would either one, neither one of those teams wants to face the Cubs. I mean, we've seen all these teams in the postseason well, now. None of these teams are, are match up, I should say, with the Cubs. They're going to have to get breaks to beat the Cubs. I think the Cubs are the best team. They're the best team all year. They have the most versatility. They have the by most versatility. Far. I mean, this is the team wrote it coming into the year. This is the team that could survive multiple injuries. And they, ha- I mean, we kind of forget he's you know Schwarber. he's a mascot in right. the uh, dugout. But Kyle Schwarber was considered a, a key part of this team. Would make it a little bit you know a, still a pretty balanced lineup already. Would make it even more balanced lefty righty. But they're without Schwarber. Doesn't really matter. I mean, really, I, I would almost say they're going to bring Schwarber back next year. But Schwarber. Putting Schwarber out there because he'll probably play predominantly left field. The one thing you that is a downside of that, they'll probably do it for six to seven innings and then you move guys around defensively. Right. But the reality is is that this team is so good defensively that putting Schwarber in left field, you, you're going to take some hit defensively for what you gain offensively. Yeah, not everything has gone according to plan for them. No Schwarber, uh, Jorge Soler, kind of a non-factor. Miguel Montero crashed as an offensive player. And yeah, here's Wilson Contreras. Two years here's ago, David Ross. Two, two years ago, well, right, but 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 two years ago, Wilson Contreras was freely available. JJ, I don't even know if he made our Rule Five preview. He was freely available in every Rule Five draft from 2010, when his contract was voided, to 20 through 2014. Only in 2015 did this guy. You have two guys in the postseason, and Wilson Contreras and Andrew Tolles, who were just like mentally could not do it in the minor leagues. And they have figured it out and let their talent come out. And Wilson Contreras comes through with a huge hit last night. It's not just Javi Baez. That, that team is so athletic. And I, one of my favorite moments of last night was post-game, flipping back uh, and forth and finding uh, hearing Theo Epstein credit Jim Hendry and his staff uh, for Almora, for Baez. Those were Tim Wilkin was scouting director and Jim Hendry still uh, general manager. So the Cubs, uh, it took them a while. It, it did, they did uh, the last two years just explode upward as an organization, but they had been accumulating some talent, and uh, they look uh, very difficult to beat for me going forward. For this year and going further beyond that. But now flipping it to the other, the series that is still going on, the Dodgers do the gambit, Clayton Kershaw, game four, and it worked. I mean, it, it, I think you could quite clearly say it worked. I know that at the end, you know, you look at how many runs, but he gave them significant innings, rested their bullpen to an extent, which does allow, you know, it does allow you to get to game five and now say, okay, you're throwing everything at it. But even with that, though, I think it, people are focusing on that. And to me, the difference maker was Andrew Tolls gets hit by the pitch, you know, and Chase Utley comes up with the big hit. So, I mean, yes, 
the Kershaw, that gambit. But at the end of the day, it was still 5-5 going into the eighth where the Dodgers' offense had to do something, had to get guys on base, had to come up with that key hit, which, frankly, in past postseason experiences, they hadn't. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be at some of those Dodgers playoff games covering them in past years, and you could feel the crowd just go, oh, no, here we go again. There was no expectation within Dodger Stadium that, yes, we're going to get the big hit off DeGrom or Thor last year in Game 5 or even the year before against the Cardinals. And I think the fact that they finally got one the way at home in a, in a possible elimination game with, you know, you mentioned Andrew Tolles getting on base and no, who wasn't... Was Ten hit by pitches in that game yesterday? Is that uh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I a West Coast I think it's, in, I think it's in the series. Ten in the series, but the Dodgers hit by four it yesterday. Felt like they were, it felt like that many in the game. You know, I think you're then, right about the series. And then, you know, Utley, you know, the, the veteran who some people were saying after last year, I don't know if you bring him back. I mean, many people were there's, saying. there's not, not a whole lot there. And gets the big hit, and all of a sudden, and then Kenley Jansen comes in just throwing 96-mile-an-hour cutters, one, two, three inning. I mean, that's a huge momentum swing win for the Dodgers, regardless of what happened earlier with Kershaw and the bullpen. To me, the defining moment is this team, which has not gotten a big hit in an elimination game in a postseason for three years now, finally gets one. And it's Chase Utley, of and all then, people. And then, for the, and then the way Jansen came in and just... One, two, three, done. We are not messing around. There's no bases loaded drama here. I think that was as important as anything for the Dodgers, both as a team, as a franchise, as a fan base, to move forward. Now, if they lose game five, it all goes to hell. But for now, it was really really good to see. And I think they lose game five. I I think they probably do lose game five as well because this is what Max Scherzer's paid to do. Uh, This is why they gave him $200-plus million, and he's been pretty good about it. Um, th- these two teams, I do think it's worth mentioning, these two teams have been jerked around schedule-wise this entire series from the premature rainout on Saturday, or was it Sunday? Which I guess it was Saturday. Saturday. They played the game on Sunday. Uh, so now they have a day off. But they've been jerked around schedule-wise. They've been jerked around with their start times. They always knew they were going to be the, the matinee to the Cubs. They're the warm-up act to the Cubs no matter what in any of these games. Um, Which is funny because it's two huge markets with huge fan bases. It's not but they're like not the Cubs. But they're they're not right. the Cubs. I know. I'm just saying it's right. not like we're talking about you know mid level. The Blue Jays and the small Indians, <laughs> right? And we know that if the American League plays the same day as the National League in the next series, that's the afternoon game. But we know what the <laughs> night game is. It's, so the American League teams at least will know they're the undercard. They always they, they know going forward they're Cleveland and Toronto. But uh, the Dodgers, the Nationals have been jerked around a lot. And then yesterday they. Have to wait till the midnight Pacific time end of the previous game to find out when they're playing yesterday's game. That's an afternoon game, so a little shorter rest for Clayton Kershaw. He's, he seemed like he was a little stiff early. Once he loosened up, he was nasty. He was Kershaw. That's the pitcher who actually was left in too long. I thought JJ, not mm-hmm. Matt Moore, um, and I would have liked to have seen more of Matt Moore. But uh, Clayton Kershaw, and we have this consistent history. He's coming off a back problem. He's on short rest. He's the last guy who should be left out. For more, but he was left out a little too long. The Nationals got to him. I still think the turning point of that game was Trey Turner's read in center field or non read. I mean, I didn't need route efficiency to tell me, but it's nice to have it quantified that it was a 75% route efficiency. It was brutal. He just doesn't, you know, it's hard to learn to play center field in the the major leagues. Exactly. The stat I liked about it, which was better than route efficiency, was that when that ball was hit, he needed to cover 65 yards, feet. To get to it, 65 yards, I think. 65 yards to get to it. He ran 70 yards, like 69 yards, and he didn't get to it because he didn't run in the direct path towards the ball. But, you know, I do think it's great that we do get this 
this has been, I think, a very, so far, a very um, engaging, a very captivating playoffs. But it is great that we get, you know, we've got the, the AL kind of settled quickly. It is but nice they were that good we get. Games. There were it good games. It wasn't but like it, three blowouts. But, but it is good that Toronto we get a game was. five. I mean, it is. I, I like, I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy the wild card games. I love the game fives. Um, with that, you know, because we're Baseball America, we love to talk about prospects or guys who recently were prospects. It, you know, Rich Hill's going to start that game. I, I do still kind of hope, for the Dodgers' sake almost, and Raleigh as someone who likes watching baseball, that Julio Urias plays a significant role in this game because, for one, I think he probably should. Like, again, it's smart. You start Hill, and you're not counting on that you're getting seven from Hill or anything like that. You have Urias. It's going to be a little bit different for him coming out, you know, but I would imagine that he will be in that pen ready to get ready to go, and if it's needed in the second or the third or the fourth, or the fifth. Well, that's the contrast. These two teams, we're going to have one bullpen approach and one approach of it's all on your shoulders. There's no way that the Max Scherzer, if he gets into trouble in the third inning, that Dusty's looking down at the bullpen. No, no. way, no how. He's his own. He's getting out of it himself. And if he can get nine, they, they would love to have nine out of Max Scherzer. No question. I do think that saying as much as the Nationals do have the starting pitching edge in this game because Max Scherzer is Max Scherzer, the Dodgers do okay facing power right-handers. They've got a really good group of hitters in their lineup. And in game one, they they, they did get some hits off him. It wasn't like they right. you know, were shut down to nothing. I'm, I'm hesitant to sit here and say, oh, the Nationals are winning game five. I really do think the Dodgers have. It, it, it's interesting. Max Scherzer is a better pitcher than Gio Gonzalez, far and away. But with the way the Dodgers struggle against left-handers, I'd almost feel more confident about the Nationals' hmm. chances starting Gio Gonzalez. I do think that right now, look, you have to start Max Scherzer. There's no question about it. But I, I think it's a mistake to just say, oh, Max Scherzer's starting, and Rich Hill, who, by the way, everyone forgets, was freaking filthy when he came back from his blister injuries and oh, finally yeah. pitched for the Dodgers. No, he's good. He's really good. I mean, but, he's, but you got rested Max Scherzer versus No, and, 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 I, and I agree. I'm not, I'm not saying that the Dodgers are the favorite to him, but I'm saying this idea that, oh, Nationals, no questions asked, Dodgers have no chance, is, well, not, the, is not the correct approach that I feel like some people are taking. Well, most of the time you take the approach of, oh, Kershaw's on the mound, Dodgers are going to win. So, I mean, of course, it's not, none of these things are cut and dry. I see Seager, I see Gonzalez. But I you see, have to pick a favorite. You pick someone to win. And you usually go with the experienced ace and, and a guy who At has home. a long track record of dominating. And, and as a guy who, if you're looking around Major League Baseball saying, hmm, who's most likely to strike out 20 guys a night? Max Scherzer is number one on that list for me. I agree, but so, for me it's... I'll take Nationals. my chances. And I agree. That's like, then if you ask me to pick a team to win, I still say the Nationals, but I think it's 55%, 45%, not 80%, 20%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's that's what I'm trying to get. Yeah. I, I feel you. I do. Uh, watching with Nationals fans, I can tell you that the way that uh, it's just uh, it's fascinating. I think for Nats fans to watch these ex Phillies be so <laughs> prominent in this series, and it is we do have these still these echoes of the 08 Phillies, and I think those late last decade, that turn of the decade, those Phillies teams were really great teams. You got Chooch in the Dodgers dugout as well. You got Chase Utley, and you have Jason Worth. I mean. I know everyone thinks of him as a Nat because he's been there for the seven oh, years of this gargantuan contract. But you know he was a key piece on that 2008 team. So you still have these ghosts of Philly's past kind of kicking around on these two I, teams. I, I love that Jason Worth's still there because I do remember Jason Worth as a catcher for Delmarva many many years. You know, ago. I was looking up. I, I just asked for is, is Jason Worth the only player from the '97 draft still in these playoffs, and he's not. 
Jason Grilly was the fourth mm-hmm. overall pick of the 1997 draft. So Worth was a first rounder by the And Adrian Beltre is like, yeah, I was, you know. I was. He was 15, 14, whatever he was. Uh, when Sign with the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so that, that's what we do when we watch these games. I look up Jason Worth's drafts class and, and realize, oh, no, Jason Grilly, fourth overall pick. I kind of forgot he was the fourth overall pick in that draft. And I did a college east on him that year. Will probably edited it behind the camera. So, so where, where, where is Matt Anderson, Mr. Number One overall pick that year? That's the real question. Uh, I, I, know, I know Ryan Anderson's a chef somewhere. <laughs> I, I haven't followed Matt Anderson's career, unfortunately. Uh, we do have a he great threw picture. He back when 100 was yeah. something. Really we have a great stuff. picture of him with a holding a baseball that has a lip fuse to it. Because so, nice. he, uh, he threw so hard. It was really novel back then. Now and then, like, unfortunately, the, the baseball blew up, and it was really tragic. <laughs> yeah, basically. I just remember his, his most memorable Major League moment, I think, was giving up one of Sammy. He might have given up the 20th home run Sammy Sosa hit that year in August when he broke the single-month home run record. Um, 98 seems well A it's a long time ago and B it's hard to look back at those those were great moments as they were happening but you can't look back at them quite the same so we might feel the same way about this Facebook live but let us know <laughs> uh, he's at JJCoop36 he's at Kyle Glazer is it just at Kyle K- at Kyle A. Glazer I haven't memorized your there Twitter there was actually another there were like multiple Kyle Glazers and I was sitting at my Twitter account so I had to throw the middle initial in there there are two John Manuels in this county for crying out loud <laughs> who are writers so uh, I'm at John Manuel BA he's at Kyle A. Glazer and it's a Baseball America uh, Facebook Live at facebook.com slash Baseball America Mag. We'll see you on the next one, and we'll see you at the next Baseball America podcast. So long, everybody. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.